0: Last year, during the Amazon Synod, I reported that the Australians were planning a nationwide synod that democratizes the church in Australia. This was planned using strange mechanisms like surveys, listening sessions, and other methods used by political activists and not typically by princes of the church. This democratization push isn't limited to Australia, but has spread to the United Kingdom. Democratization is a hallmark of modernism with its push to level the sacred priesthood with the laity. This has to do with the concept of vital imminence, which is sort of just reduces the faith to an experiential thing. We have, I have a long video on that if you ever want to see it. I can, pro, I can put a link in the comments below if you like. This turn to democratization is a peculiar turn in the Catholic Church, as the Church is hierarchical by its nature, and to push for democratization in the Church is to divide, defy the very nature of the Catholic Church. It is not only a surrender of leading authority in the church on the part of the bishops who are to lead the faithful to Christ and to equip us with everything we need to get to heaven as long as we choose to follow God, but it is an undermining of those offices by turning them into into glorified political posts. It is a grave disservice to the faithful to do so, for there isn't all that much wisdom to be found among the laity. The church has the deposit of the faith, and the bishops are to lead us to that deposit. If you want wisdom, Turn to the timeless teachings of the church. But all of that is now under scrutiny in the UK. The Archdiocese of Liverpool has announced its Synod 2020 plan, which is just part of an ongoing thing they've been doing this past year very quietly. And the Synod 2020 plan is complete with a website and a cringe-inducing video, and a list of proposals has been released to the public. The video details interviews with admitted actors who are reading the survey responses from laity, about what the lady want from the church. It's a nice little propaganda technique. Much of the talk is about love and how the church needs to accompany people joyfully and the like. A link to the video is in the pinned comment so you can see it for yourself. I do have a short clip of it here for you. It's under two minutes long and it's only the tip of the iceberg. you reflect on your life now and as you look to the future, what causes you concern? I'm worried that I won't be free in, in the future, like I will be tied down with responsibility. A job and a house, you know, I, I dream about moving around, but money and career will stop that freedom. You know, I also worry about how I should bring up my children. I love Jesus. He was kind to all and He taught me how to love through my mom. However, there is this conflict between me and my mom now because of different beliefs. Uh, I side with Jesus, while my mom sides with the church's teaching. In general, I fear climate change and archaic politics. I really worry about the destruction of our planet by our lack of understanding and our failure to believe the science. I fear that there will not be a world as we know it for more than maybe a little as a century. Yes, I worry that we have destroyed our home, God's creation, now doing far too little to rescue it. What I do worry about is the battle between the liberal and traditional teaching. I feel there is no space for those of us who find ourselves in the middle ground. The majority of the laity are quite liberal. A lot of the men going into seminary are quite traditional and quite vocal about it. This disparity is going to lead to a lot of problems, and it will become harder and harder to bring people into the church. I want our church to be firm in its teachings, but liberal in the love that it shows to all people. I feel lost in the middle of a battle, which is becoming more and more polarized. The full video is nearly an hour long, but it's full of these kinds of statements, including subtle digs at the turn towards traditionalism, among the seminarians and the implicit threat made by laity who don't understand that part of the reason that they have become so liberal is because the clergy who came before them politicized the faith, turning it into a glorified social services program tied to religious ritual, while ignoring the hard teachings of the faith that if we ignore, we will probably not be equipped to sur- to survive our judgment. This liberalism, as they call it, is really modernism, and liberalism is just part of modernism and the UK has long since been one of the centers of modernism in the Catholic Church, with its history of cardinals and bishops being at the forefront of subverting the teaching of the Church, including it especially at the Second Vatican Council and beyond. But let's get to the list of proposed topics, because this is some truly sick stuff. Sick, at least, if you understand it, that the priesthood is supposed to be holy, which means set apart from the rest of society, sanctified by God and not subject to the whims and fads of the day. Now, to be clear, this synod has been quietly an ongoing process in the church in Liverpool for the last year. They have already had several meetings, all of which are building towards this final meeting that starts February 15th and runs through March 16th of 2020. Themes include harmless and even good themes like helping the homebound and the young to be welcome, assisting the infirm, passing on of the faith, and all that sort of thing that has become a problem in our age of modernism because the key things that have always helped the layperson hold on to the faith have been discarded and replaced with a secularized version of the faith that conflates politics and secular ideology for the, for the Catholic religion. But these things have become real issues for the church, and it isn't all that surprising. Past themes from the meetings which have already been held include making the church more inclusive, which I take to be a reference to the James Martin lifestyle. The recognition that priests need to be better supported, and that is objectively true, and then some really fun ones like the role of women in the church should be celebrated. And that all need to be more inclusive and welcoming of diversity and that kind of thing. I'll have a link for you to the Synod 2020 website so you can see these things for yourself. You'll need to explore the website like I did this week, but that for this stuff is really only the tip of the iceberg because, as it turns out, the Synod had a working document leaked. Well, more of a memo with bullet points, but it was leaked, and now you get to see it for yourself. Here are the topics for the coming meeting. 1. Reinstate Eucharistic services in the absence of priests. Wonder why they're having a priestly shortage. Establish a diocesan framework for youth liturgy. I'm not sure why that's part of the first point, but okay. 2. Review the role of laity in terms of diocesan pastoral youth workers. Reduce the time scale of training and disregard gender or age. Three. Consider the acceptance of the married male priesthood alongside considerations of women deacons and, ultimately, women priests. At least they're being open about it. Establish overarching links between school schools, groups, and parishioners using current technology in order to facilitate the accurate flow of information. And five, Archdiocese to provide a framework in order to raise awareness of the wider needs within our community and how they can be met. Now, did you see what they did there? They hid the recommendations from the Pan-Amazon Synod that Francis has already rejected and that the Germans have threatened schism over. Francis has repeated what John Paul II and what the Church has taught about ordaining women since, well, the beginning of time, really, and yet the modernists are going to push for it here, using the laity as the excuse. That's all pretty convenient, really, given that the liberalization of the faithful has happened because of the clericalism of the modernists, who always accuse others of what they do themselves. We shouldn't be surprised that the ordination of women is on the list. It's a well-known fact that the ideologies that promote equality have infected the minds of the faithful, all pushed on them by the hierarchy who have embraced the wider trappings of Western culture during this rather profound civilizational decline we've seen in the past century, but especially in the post-war years of the West. That's the real clericalism, the pushing of ideology onto the laity in place of the faith that is easier for the laity to embrace but doesn't in the end reflect the gospel. An easy example of this are the hard sayings of St. Paul in his various letters. Here's a few citations of St. Paul. Go look them up for yourselves in your Bibles, preferably the Dewey-Rames or Knox translation or some other translation that is faithful to the Latin Vulgate. I rarely tell people to not do certain things related to the faith, but I have this, this on good authority from priests and theologians who have told me this to my face. Don't use the New American Bible unless you absolutely have to. Go to the Latin Vulgate. The Dewey is based on that. But here are those citations: Colossians chapter three verse eighteen, First Corinthians chapter fourteen verse thirty-four, First Thessalonians chapter two verse fifteen, and Ephesians chapter five verse five. These are all, shall we say, tough passages, and they're not very PC, and have largely and rather quietly been excluded from the regular cycle of readings in the Novus Ordo liturgy. Why? Look them up, and you'll see why. And read them in the light of what the saints have said, not with the eyes of modernism. We've lost so much that these are often subject to strange and extreme interpretations, particularly because they are so politically incorrect that the backlash they inspire, or on the flip side of that, some embrace in a distorted and disordered way, that the modernists just pretend that they don't exist, but they remain as part of the deposit of faith regardless, part of the inerrant sacred scriptures. This Liverpool Synod is just another one of these things we'll see this year, where the local churches take on authority for themselves that is best left to Rome. The women's ordination issue and married priesthood are not an authority of the diocese, or even those fictional bodies called National Bishops' Conferences to deal with. Technically, Rome can't do anything about those either. But those are the proper purview of Rome as subjects, to be addressed in keeping with the full traditions of the Catholic faith. Of course, if you go back to that clip I shared with you, you'll see that the young man, Says that he sides with Jesus and his mother sides with the church, not realizing that by standing against what the church teaches, he has himself already functionally left the church, and in so doing, stands against our Lord, at least if he, at least if he those things where he and his mother disagree on are dogmas. Which, well, think about that. But remember, there is no salvation outside the church, and you cannot be in the good graces of God by rejecting the church and her authority. Even I know that much. the consequences of modernism have left so many people willfully rejecting the Catholic faith for this Protestantized, secularized false religion, and the hierarchy are themselves to blame for this. I don't know what a restoration would actually look like, and I know it goes beyond simply restoring the traditional Latin liturgies of the West, but if the bishops of Liverpool really understood the problem, they would address it in private in a very different way. Please pray for them. Pray that they reject the democratic impulse to embrace modernism and schism. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.